0: Hello and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, and I am so excited that you are here. Today, we are talking about ways to effectively use your planning time to make sure that small group lessons and plans, plus all of the other things that teachers have to get done in a week, get done within the work hours as often as possible. So, let's get started. We are talking today about planning time, and I wanted to work this episode in to the series that was all about small groups and kind of quote unquote falling back in love with your small group time because I do believe with all of my heart that the only way to enjoy teaching even a little bit in 2023 is to fit as much of teaching into the school day as possible now that's a really really big ask i actually get a little bit bothered by the culture online of people that tell teachers to not work past their contracted hours and do everything before three o'clock and we are the you know We're the teachers that leave when the bell rings and we get there when the bell rings and we never stay a minute past our contracted time. We never come in before our contracted time because I do think that's not always the most sustainable model either. Now, I understand the sentiment of we shouldn't be conditioning teachers to believe that it's perfectly normal and acceptable to take all of the things that are put on our plates And just keep heaping more and more on there until we're working 60 hours a week. And to just say that's normal. I do think that it's important to set boundaries around your time. And I do think it's important to fit as much of your schoolwork into the school day as possible. But I also know that just the nature of the school day as it stands right now is most schools are open for seven to seven and a half hours. And for six to six and a half of those hours, you are with children give or take a few minutes. I have a 45 minute plan time and a 30 minute lunch. A big part of that 30 minute lunch is the transition to get the kids to the cafeteria and to pick them up from the cafeteria. So by the time I've used the restroom and I've sat down with my lunch, it's all of 15 to 20 minutes of actual eating time. But you know, you know how it goes. Same with the planning time. It's supposed to be 45 minutes. By the time I've walked the kids to whatever specials class they're supposed to go to, And then I've gathered my materials and I've taken them to wherever today's meeting is or gotten started, whatever I'm supposed to do, and then stopped to go pick them up. We've shaved two to three minutes, anywhere from two to three to five minutes off the front end and the back end of the planning time. So it really ends up being closer to 35-ish minutes. We all know how that goes. So that's why I say you have roughly an hour give or take a few minutes a day where you are not with children. That hour is really tough to get everything done that you need to get done for the following week in an hour a day. An hour that is often disrupted a lot. I mean, I can't i can 't count on one hand i can 't count on two hands the number of times that my team and I are eating lunch, and someone comes in to ask us a question or give us a task that we need to do just casually you know, hey guys, sorry for interrupting your lunch, but can I just can I just give you one thing that I want you guys to be thinking about? Can I just put one thing on your plate? Can I just ask you one question um, and planning time of course is is a constant battle of this is supposed to be the time of my day that I use to get ready for my actual instruction, but it's constantly being used for other things. Now, I have a personal rule that I try not to book myself during my planning time more than two times a week. Now, one of those times is always taken for team planning. So that counts as one of the two, even though team planning is really producing work that will go towards my teaching for next week because during our team planning time we are pulling copies that we're going to be using for next week we are planning which of our assignments will be assessment grades how we're going to grade them we're talking about the structure and pacing of certain lessons so our planning time is working me towards my goal of being ready for next week before this week is over, but I count it as one of my planning times that I'm going to give up for the week. I will give up one more on occasion if I have to. I will say my school is pretty good about scheduling parent meetings, IEP meetings, 504 meetings, things like that outside of our planning time. They try to schedule it around the parent schedule and give us coverage rather than making the parent always fit into the confines of, well, Miss Sutherland's free at 11.15, so you have to be free at 11.15. They really let the parent pick the time, and then they get us coverage in our rooms for the duration of that meeting, which is it's a catch 22 right you 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 can't win you can't win in teaching because although it's nice that I will still have my planning time that day and I have coverage during the meeting time it also means I have to kind of like create sub plans mini sub plans every time that happens for whoever is going to be in my room and it kind of derails maybe where I was supposed to be in the pacing for that day but there's really no good solution for it if we have to have these meetings if state law is going to dictate what meetings we have to have and when we have to have them and all of those things then I really do think the most fair solution for teachers is that they get coverage from their teaching time for those meetings and they don't have to perpetually sacrifice planning. But on the occasion where someone reaches out to me and says, hey, I'd really like to request a parent conference, say a parent reaches out to me directly and requests a parent conference or another staff member reaches out to me and says, hey, we want to have a general referral meeting for this child during your planning what day works best for you? If I have already given two of my plannings up for that week, I will tell that parent or that staff member that I am booked for the week. Even if I have three other staff or three other planning times open because those planning times, I am using them for my job. I am booked. I already plan to grade a stack of assessments on Wednesday's planning, and I plan to plan my small group lessons on Thursday's planning, and I plan to enter all of my grades and make all my copies for next week during Friday's planning. So I am booked because I need to do those things for my job, and I should be able to do them within the school week. So it is no harm, no foul. You are completely within your right. If... You've already given up one of your planning times for team planning, which most of us are required to do at least once a week. And you've already given up a planning time for a PLC or for a parent conference. You do not have to keep giving up your planning time every time someone asks. You can say, hey, I'm booked this week, but I'm free next Monday or whatever the next best date is for you to host that meeting. Pushing them back five to seven days is not going to halt the progress of that conversation right you're just saying hey yeah this week this week's already really really full but i can do next week and it's really nobody's business whether your planning time is full of formal meetings or whether your planning time is full of responsibilities that you are doing to better your classroom to better the instruction of your children right so I just wanted to throw that in there about like even making your planning time available to begin with. But then when you finally do have a planning time, this is what I believe. I believe that a productive, effective prep or planning time starts the day before. And what I mean by that is if you can think back to the episode, I had a few episodes back, I'll link to it in the show notes, about the end of day routine my end of day routine with my students is that they are doing things to reset our room at the end of the day like sharpening the pencils so we have all sharp fresh pencils for tomorrow laying out tomorrow's morning work um, wiping desks and doorknobs with clorox wipes organizing the classroom library making sure the baskets and bins are straightened and neat changing the date on the board things like that cleaning trash off the floor so that the custodian can easily clean our room in the evening um reorganizing center materials whatever whatever in your room nightly or daily needs to be reset i do that in the afternoon with my students i have them do it and while they are doing that i am making a to-do list of loose ends from the day because again this is our end of day routine so i'm looking back at my day i'm going oh we threw this lesson in last second and i don't have a copy of the worksheet that i need so i need to lay out that master I need to make copies of that when I come in tomorrow. I need to respond to that parent tomorrow morning as soon as I come in. I need to grade these quizzes as soon as I come in. I have a laundry list of loose ends of things that I didn't get done during the school day today that I'm gonna start my day with tomorrow so that when I come in in the morning the next day, I have typically with my schedule and getting my own personal children to school, they come to school with me. I've got a kindergartner and a first grader and a baby. So after dropping the baby off at daycare, getting the kindergartner and first grader in my classroom with me, I have anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes on a good day in my classroom before the students arrive. In that 20 to 30 minutes, I am not doing things like sharpening pencils or writing today's date or passing out morning work. That's already been done i am immediately logging onto my computer and starting the tasks on my to-do list that i wrote yesterday afternoon right or friday afternoon if it's a monday of things that i told myself okay this needs to be done tomorrow and it makes the most sense for me to start my day with it the way that this effectively maximizes your planning time is these are the little tasks that will completely overrun your planning time If you let them, right? The things where you finally have 40 minutes to yourself and you're going, oh, I've got that email. Oh, and I've got to run this copy. Oh, and I've got to do this. And it's stuff that's going to take you all over the building so that. By the time you're sitting down finally back in your room after running this to somebody's mailbox and running this to the copy and sitting down and responding to this email and delivering this and all of those things, by the time you sit down and really try to get anything done, you've got 10 minutes left and it, you feel exhausted and it's not enough time and you're already thinking ahead to your next instructional block. So for me, it makes the most sense to clear the decks in the afternoon of the day before by having my students reset the room making a to-do list of loose ends that need to be tied up in the morning and starting my day by tying up those loose ends. So that when planning time arrives, things have been dropped off in mailboxes to people that are you know, other staff in the building, copies, last minute copies have been run, Um, the occasional thing has been graded, maybe not entered, but graded, right? Emails have been responded to. All of those little tasks are what I start my day with. So that I can create rhythms in my week for what I do during planning time on different days. So team planning is always Wednesday, which means I have Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday to play with. If I schedule meetings, like a general referral meeting or a parent conference, something that's going to happen during my planning that's not super long and formal and that I won't get coverage for, I try to do that on either Monday or Tuesday, earlier in the week to me. I I think it's best to get those things done earlier in the week and not be thinking about it all week long so that will leave me then with typically Tuesday Thursday Friday or Monday Thursday Friday to play with so I bank on at least three days a week of planning one of them will be a grading day one of them will be a planning day and one of them will be a prep day now the planning day like I said there there's already a team planning time in my district we are so tightly bound to our curriculum here that the only additional planning I ever really have to do outside of what our team plans is my small group plans hopefully that's the case for you too hopefully even if you don't have a super tight curriculum that you have to adhere to with absolute fidelity hopefully during your team planning time you're hashing out all of the whole group stuff and you're not on your own later going oh I have no idea what I'm doing in reading next week and I need to sit down and think about that on my own hopefully there's some Semblance of organization there so that you're all hashing that out during one planning session, Um, preferably referring back to last year's plans and tweaking them. Right. That's the best system to me. That's what this team I'm new to this team that I'm on this year, but that's what they do. They pull up last year's plans. They slap this year's date on it and change all of the days of the week to match which what the dates are. And then they look at what they had last year and what lessons they were on, and they tweak them accordingly. They go, oh, this part really didn't work last year. Y'all remember that? And I'm sitting there going, no, I don't remember that. Fill me in. And they go, oh, this was awful. This we're going to swap out this story with this one. So using last year's plans is a really effective way to make team planning better if you have the benefit of that. But hopefully the team planning whole group stuff is organized and effective. If not, I do have a blog post about team relations and a blog post about ways to work smarter, not harder. um, That might help kind of, you could meld those ideas together to kind of solve some of those team planning issues. But I am blessed this year to have a really great team. I don't have any issues there. By the time our team planning is done, I have a very solid idea of what I'm doing in whole group next week, which means that on Thursdays, it often makes a lot of sense for me to do my small group planning. I try to use Monday or Tuesday, whatever day. I don't have a meeting. Hopefully, I don't have any meetings and I have both days. So I can use both of those days for grading and entering grades so that when progress report time and report tar- report card times come, I am not scrambling. I will also use any leftover time that I have those days to go through my turn-in basket and recycle the things I have no intention of actually grading, putting stars on the things that I think – demonstrate a skill that we're working on that I want the parents to see and formally go through and grade anything that really needs to be graded or at least sort it um anything that needs to be graded I have in my rolling cart behind my desk I have a drawer that says to grade and I will paperclip assignments in there so when I have a grading day during planning I open up that drawer and I just pull out whatever's currently in there that hasn't been graded or what's already been graded but hasn't been entered yet. Because if I grade it and I don't have time to enter it into our grade book, then I will paperclip it and put it back in that drawer until my next planning time. Once I've entered it, I pass it back. So I know I'm completely done with it if it's out of the drawer. Like I've graded it, I've entered it, I've given it back to the kids. They've logged the data in their own little graphs. They've taken it home. We are done with it. If it's still on the drawer, it either still needs to be graded or entered. So I will use one day of planning for that. When it comes to small group planning time, I'm a big, big fan of using timers. Map out the chunks of tasks in your small group planning that you will use like i need to select the texts that are aligned to the skills that i need to teach i need to review this assessment data and decide what skills i need to teach in the first place then i need to select text wherever you're at i need to decide what my teaching routine is going to be with these texts i need to pull out some vocabulary words maybe some phonics patterns that this text really focuses on i need to jot down some notes about what i'm going to emphasize what strategies we're going to use whatever your planning process is set timers, break it into three chunks. I'm going to analyze data and select my text. I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to do that. Because hopefully you already are kind of on a roll with all these groups. It's February, right? I'm hoping that you kind of have an idea of what the next text might be, what skills you're going to focus on. So give yourself 10 to 15 minutes to decide what the next text is going to be. Look through it. Decide what skills you're going to emphasize. Then give yourself 15-ish to 20-ish minutes, however much time you have to play with, to map out your lesson plans for these texts. Whether you have some sort of teacher's manual to go with your books to guide you, some lesson plan, printable lesson plan, which all of my reading passages are having lesson plans added to them currently. So February is done. March is well underway. If you want to grab some of my lesson plans and reading passages. Um, That makes the planning process way easier if you can just kind of jot down notes from someone else's plan and tweak it according to what your students need. And then give yourself five to ten minutes to kind of pull any masters of copies you might need to run. Do you need a graphic organizer because you're going to practice text evidence? Do you need some sort of running record master? Do you need a fluency check page? What do you need to teach these lessons effectively and pull those materials so that you can make copies on your prep day? Then I take a day of prep. That's a day where I'm going to make sure I have copies run of any of my centers for next week. I'm going to make sure I have copies of small group materials that I need. I'm going to make sure I have copies of everything whole group, which again, we do as a team. But if there's something I was responsible for, I want to make sure I've done it. That prep day is a day where basically all of the masters I've pulled throughout the week I just take a stack to the workroom and I just run copies for the duration of my planning. Or we, ha- we are very blessed to have workroom teacher's assistants that will run copies for us during instructional blocks. So if one of them is in there and I can hand off some of them to one of them, um, then I will do that. And it will way expedite the process for me. So I have a lot of support. I have a lot of things that I I will admittedly say not everybody has, right? Not everybody has workroom TAs. Not everybody has an unlimited copy supply. Like I don't have a copy limit at my school. I don't have an ink limit. Um, I have a really great team this year. We have a curriculum we cannot stray from, which although that can be a huge pain, makes planning a little bit easier. So it just makes it to where my planning time is... Mostly for grading and small group planning and making sure my centers are really tight and purposeful. That's what I'm those are my three pillars in the week that I'm using planning time for. But you decide what are your main pillars you need to focus on, or if you have more than three or four or five, however many planning days you have to play with, then pull the ones that are the most time consuming and assign days to those things, like assign a day or two to grading. Every single week, you're going to do grading on the same days. Assign a day or two to lesson planning. Assign a day to prep. If those are the things that you find yourself really consumed with during the weekend or in the evenings, try to work those things into a planning time or two to knock out at least the bulk of the work during the week to alleviate some of your nighttime and weekend work again I'm not saying that everybody has tons of expendable planning time and that if you do what I do you will never work on the weekends because sometimes I still work on the weekends sometimes I get some idea in my head that I'm gonna reinvent my math slides And I'll work on them for three hours because it's I suddenly get really passionate about what this one thing and I want to work on it. But wanting to work on something is so different from bringing home a bag of papers that you really, really don't want to grade. And you're feeling resentful that they're there and you're begrudgingly staring at them all weekend and you hate your life because you have these papers you have to grade. That's what I want to try to eliminate. Right. Having a passion project pop up that you want to work on on the weekend is a completely different beast than having all of these tasks that are not getting done during the week that you feel like you have to do on the weekend. That's what I want to try to eliminate as often as possible. Now, I even with all of the support that I have with workroom assistance and my school trying to get us coverage for bigger meetings so we don't have to use our planning time, even with all of that, there are still weeks where I feel like I am drowning in meetings. I mean, I had a week in October, that was i think i had a meeting during planning time every day of the five days and then i also had some meetings where i had coverage in the mornings and afternoons a couple of times and i had to write sub plans for someone to be in my room for over an hour for both of those meetings they were both really big complex meetings and i remember feeling that week like i was drowning in all of the stuff that i needed to do just for my classroom And I was struggling to just keep up with the day-to-day of, well, I'm also having to prep for these meetings on top of it, but I have no time because I'm constantly with kids. And what helps me is just the mindset of not every week is like this and I can get back on track next week, which I did. Um, But I just want to acknowledge that not every week is peachy keen and, you know, like, oh, I had all five days of planning and life is so great and I got everything done. Not every teaching situation is like that. So if you're in a situation that feels like, you never have any planning and prep time, I would first start by saying, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself and say, look, these are the duties that have been assigned to me by being a classroom teacher, and I cannot get them done because I'm constantly being pulled into meetings. Is there an opportunity for me to get coverage for one or two of these meetings? On top of that, though, if you feel that that is not an option for you, that no one would listen to you or hear you out if you said that, get creative with the time that you do have. Like, are there little pockets of time you can steal throughout the school day where you can start to chip away at some of these things before school, a few minutes after school, pick one day a week to come in earlier, stay a little bit later rather than spreading it out over five days? Think a little outside the box about the time that you do have and what you're comfortable with to try to fit as much as you can into the confines of the school day. As you can so you can get to the stuff that's really important like your personal life because I will be the first one to tell you and to champion the idea that you do not have to love your job I would also I would actually advocate that you shouldn't really love your job right like it respect it you know acknowledge the importance of the work that you are doing but you don't have to love it if I ranked the things that I love I'd put my children my family my friends reading going out to nice restaurants cooking new meals at home um there are lots of things i would say i love teaching is not up there i like teaching but because i don't love teaching i don't want to do it all the time i don't want to bring it home and be working on teaching while my kids are around me right because when i'm home i'm with the stuff that i really love and with my family in my house. And that's what I want to be my primary focus when I'm at home. So, as much as I can clear the space for the stuff that I love and keep work in the work box, because I like work fine, I respect it, but I don't love it. And I think we put this undue pressure on teachers to love their job and love the kids. And it has made it acceptable, socially acceptable, for teachers to work around the clock because, well, you love it, right? What's your why? Connect with your why so that you remember that you're doing this for the betterment of children and then you'll feel guilted into doing it all the time. And that's not okay. And it's not professional. So keep work in the work box and keep everything you love outside of that box so that you can walk away guilt-free when you need to. I hope that these tips have helped. I hope these ideas of structuring your planning time, using timers to keep yourself adhered to some sort of schedule and get things done faster, creating pillars on the of days of tasks, big tasks you want to knock out and creating that loose end to-do list that you do first thing in the morning so you leave your planning as open and clear as possible. I hope all of those ideas help you. um, And I hope you have a great week teaching your students this week. And I will talk to you next time.